When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Let's talk Wolverines hoops. Live from the Pretzel Bell on Main Street in Ann Arbor, this is Inside Michigan Basketball. Here are your hosts, national champion Terry Mills and the voice of Michigan basketball, Brian Bush. It is March, and we've got great Michigan basketball talk for you here on a Monday night in front of a great crowd here in downtown Ann Arbor at the Pretzel Bell, a lively crowd. Here tonight, we've got Kim Barnes-Rico, Michigan women's basketball head coach, coming up at the bottom of the hour. We start with Michigan assistant Howard Isley. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well. How you doing? Uh, hey, uh, you and your team beat Ohio State yesterday. I'm doing great. Me too. It's a great, great day. Yeah, that'll, that'll <laughs> earn a round of applause. How long do you give yourself to enjoy a win, and, and especially a win like that? Uh, unfortunately, not much. I figured. Uh, you no, know, we started looking at the Big Ten tournament. You know, never know with the selection committee. Um, so it's possible we still may have work to do. Uh, so we have opportunities to play games. So we have to be prepared and be ready to go. Yeah, it was a lot of these matchups like uh, Michigan State, Ohio State, were they what you thought they were? I mean, you going to Boston College, but you being from here. Were they uh, everything you thought they were? Well, you growing up here in the States, you think you know, but you really have no <laughs> idea until once you are actively involved in them. Um, 
you know, it's great for uh, for collegiate sports, and uh, I'm happy to be a part of it. Yeah, and along those lines, I mean, you think about all the players who came into this season on your ball club who had not experienced those types of games in front of fans. Of course, you think back to last season's Michigan-Ohio State game, a classic in Columbus, Michigan won by five, tons of ties, lead changes, but there wasn't that environment behind it. Uh, what is, how have you seen your players kind of grow to appreciate that hostile road environment, especially whether it's you know Michigan State, Ohio State, some of these other big-time road environments? It was definitely a learning experience for us. Uh, like you said, a lot of our guys haven't been in those type of environments before, so the fact that they had an opportunity to play you know, in hostile environments, and um, I think it was good. Hopefully, it serves as well as we move forward. Yeah, when you talk about some of these hostile environments, what are some of the ones that you kind of remember going around the Big Ten? Because I know that got kind of loud yesterday when they kind of made their run, and you can kind of get a feel for the crowd. That you know things are starting to happen, going in a certain way. Um, you know, they definitely had a very entertaining crowd. We'll say. Uh, <laughs> you no, know, they were definitely into the game. Uh, I think the. Purdue crowd and Indiana um, arenas are very special. Yeah, yeah. Phil Martelli talked about there was a fan behind the bench that that uh, informed him that he was bald, um, <laughs> which I, I did love. Uh, Coach Martelli's quip saying, "I can I I didn't know that." I mean, do do you hear any of that? Is it all just kind of noise at that point, or, or or do you still hear an occasional jab from a from a member of the student section, something like that? I think before the game starts, you may hear a little bit, but sure. once the game actually starts, it all becomes just noise at that point. Well, I, for Phil, I mean, hey, if you go the balding route with Coach Martelli, I guess that'll that'll get it. I, I but. guess that was a sort of subsequent. Right, right. Yeah, you usually block out a lot of that noise. Do you, as calling plays, do you have to have hand signals because it gets so loud or – because they probably don't even hear you verbally. You're calling out plays, and they're like, Coach, I hear your mouth moving, but I don't hear anything. It always helps to have, you know, uh, hand signals. Um, you know, for the most part, I think we do. Um, not all our calls, but most of our calls, we do have hand signals for those. And back to Coach Martelli, him taking over as, as the acting head coach, and he really raved about the work that you did calling the offense, the work that Saudi Washington did calling the defense. How much different was these last five games in, in, in the in-game scenarios, and, and how well do you think you and, and, and Saudi did with it all? Um, it, obviously, it was very different from what the norm was, and it wasn't just different from my, for us. It was for our players as well. You know, It was an adjustment that we all had to make. But you know, I give a ton of credit to our guys. They stay with it. They stay focused throughout the process. And, you know, we obviously we had games we needed to win to put ourselves in this position. So I give all the credit to our guys because, you know, they had an excuse to, to go a different way, but they really stayed the course and, and got some very big wins for us. Yeah, Coach Martelli talked about how he coaches with his voice instead of a whistle. Coach Howard coaches with a whistle. What do you prefer? Uh, I just get as out there player, and do it. As a, as, as a player, you yeah, know. Yeah. I um, think I would go with the whistle because sometimes I, I'd had to tune a coach out. Like, man, I'm tired of hearing this long. You know? 
just just probably. to be honest. Yeah, 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 that's probably what they did too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, we've got Howard Isley here on Inside Michigan Basketball. Plenty more to talk about, uh, including what had to have been a fascinating timeline with the Hunter Dickinson news. We'll talk about that and continue along as we get set for Michigan and Indiana in the second round of the Big Ten Tournament coming up Thursday, 11.30. So brunch with the Wolverines coming up in Indianapolis on Thursday. Much more to do here on Inside Michigan Basketball with Howard Isley next. This is Wolverines Basketball from Learfield. Inside Michigan Basketball is on the air alongside national champion Terry Mills. Here's the voice of Michigan Basketball, Brian Bush. The postseason is here for Michigan men's basketball. Wolverines will take on Indiana for the right to play Illinois in the quarterfinals of the Big Ten Tournament. Again, 11.30 a.m. for that tip-off, the first of four games in Indianapolis coming up on Thursday. We've got assistant coach Howard Isley alongside, and uh, you know, Coach, when, when you have an injury, you have these days a, a, a COVID situation, you kind of know players are going to be out if they're, if they're banged up, if they happen to test positive. Uh, the Hunter Dickinson timeline, uh, when did you and this group find out? And, and just, I mean, how do, you, how do you communicate that to the players? How do you, I mean, he's a big part of the game plan, obviously. So how did that all go? Well, you know, because it was an early game and um, he got sick overnight, so... We didn't find out he was ill till like maybe 8.30 in the morning. Um, but we thought it was still a chance he may be able to go. So, you know, try to get him some fluids and, you know, see if he would be, if he was feeling better. So we didn't find out to, he wasn't going to be able to go to maybe, what, 20 minutes before the game. So wow. obviously, you know, it, we had to reshuffle the deck a little bit. But again, I give so much credit to our guys to not – having a built-in excuse. We really just really locked in on what we had to do as a team. You know, the game plan really didn't change that much uh, from the defensive side of the ball. And they just went out and played. Yeah, we're kind of creatures of habit. And I always tell Brian this, is like, just keep it a secret up until game time because <laughs> they prepare. And they probably prepared, hey, we're going to double hunter. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then all of a sudden, he's we're saying, hey, he's not playing. As a player, you kind of – Exhale a little bit, like, mm -hmm. hey, if you know you got a guy that's tough and he ain't playing that night, mm -hmm. you kind of you kind of take a little break, like, mm -hmm. hey, I don't have to do this or do that tonight, and and it can affect the team. No, it definitely can. But in this case, we really didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't you weren't holding yeah. your guard. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, in that game, I thought especially early, because again, you know, you, you just find out right before tip off that Hunter can't go, and Musa. Who, who's had, you know, we've seen some of the, the best games you'll see in the Big Ten from a player, and, and we've seen some freshman moments, but that jolt especially early. Uh, how big was he yesterday, and, and how have you kind of seen him grow? Well, he's, if you just watch him over the course of the year, he's really continued to make strides in becoming better and, and more comfortable on the floor, especially more comfortable in his role. And, you know, he really gets up for challenges. I think it really has helped that he played them before already. So going against them guys wasn't that new for him. And, again, he embraced competition. That's his, his biggest thing. And um, I think he really was ready to go and uh, looking forward to the matchup. Yeah, he was definitely fired up. Talk about Caleb Houston a little bit. And I, I had a chance to talk with Caleb. And I just say this when I'm on a broadcast. I say, Caleb, you're a shooter. Shoot the basketball. And I say, when you're not shooting the basketball and not doing well, 
find something else to do so I can find something to kind of help you along the way. You know, and I thought his defense was just yeah. phenomenal. You know what I mean? He may not have shot the ball well, but his defense was unbelievable. We as a staff and as a team always talk about different ways to impact the game. You know, Caleb is a good shooter. He had a, a bad shooting day, but he stayed locked into his defensive assignment, didn't miss any coverages. and. You know, he helped us in other ways. And with a guy like Caleb Houston, even if he's not making shots, if he's on the floor, you got to guard him. So that's always, you know, good for our team because it helps with our spacing. And, and there was that play. I know he missed. It was a it was a jumper left of the lane about 15 feet away. But he had been 0 of 7, 0 of 8 at that point. Yet you and this staff still went to him. It, it didn't pay off in that game. But can that confidence that, that your staff showed him in that moment, can that come pay off later in the season, maybe sometime this week in Indianapolis? Because they say, hey, I might not be shooting, but my coaches still know I can make it. We always have confidence in, in Caleb as a, a shot maker, as a shooter. Um, you know, we was going to go to him, and hopefully he would have got a shot to go for him. But, you know, obviously he didn't. But he really stayed with it. He played extremely hard on both ends of the floor. So, you know, I think – as a whole, as a team, you know, we had our highest number of deflections in the game. So we got our hands on a lot of balls. Caleb did as well. So it was good for us and um, learning experience when you don't necessarily shoot the ball well and still able to come out with a victory. Yeah, I thought T. Will definitely gave you guys a lift off the bench. Uh, and he's kind of a streaky player. We've seen him do that up in Indiana where he comes out and he gets engaged with that crowd and he hits a couple threes. And uh, – I love calling the game when he gets going. Yeah, he was he was special <laughs> for us. Um, like you said, he gave us a boat of energy. You know, coming off the bench yesterday, was able to make some shots early. That really helped. You know, got us going on the defensive end as well. So, you know, we're going to need more effort like that, and not just from him, but from you know our, our team. You know, to be able to contribute on both ends of the floor. Yeah, and and those two big free throws into the teeth of the student section. Call, I mean, those things didn't hit the rim. Those were pure. Uh, speaking of pure, Kobe Bufkin, is that a kind of shot that can just completely help a young man accelerate and maybe take that next step? Because, I mean, Terry said it on the broadcast. You know, he knew that thing was going in, and and not you know there have been some times where he either hasn't gotten a shot off or it hasn't fallen for him. What can that type of play? I mean. It, it was probably the, the biggest shot in the game. What can that do for a young man? Well, for Kobe, shoot or shoot. That's yeah. his mentality. He's a super confident kid. And I can't say there are many more guys on our team who works out, who put the time in more than Kobe Bufkin. So he was definitely prepared for an opportunity like that and was willing and able to step up and make a big shot. And it was cool because it, so many players talked about that after the game, of how much that – they, they love seeing it. You hear that a lot about, you know, sharing in each other's successes. But it, it seemed like the entire team was elated for that young man. Did you notice that? Well, if you look at our bench during our games, you know, whether he plays two minutes, ten minutes, he's always one of the guys that's up on our bench cheering, yeah. jumping up and down for, you know, other guys' success, like you said. So for for Kobe to do that when he's not in the game, obviously when he has the opportunity to step up, and he does, our guys are going to be very supportive of him. Yeah, I know you work with the guards throughout the course of the season. Can you just talk about the development of Devontae Jones throughout the course of the season? I'm sure he's not going to make it as a boxer, but he definitely will make it as a, <laughs> as a basketball player here at Michigan because 
that man has been down for a couple ten counts. You know, when he goes down, I just start counting. Like, <laughs> when is he? When is he gonna get up? When is he gonna right, get up? Right, right. So. Well, he keeps coming back. You know, you know that's his game. He's very strong driver to the basket. And I think we're starting to see that he's starting to feel more comfortable in the role and running the team. And he was able to pick his points where he can be more aggressive and also know where we're looking for on each particular set. And how big is it when he can make a three or two? I mean, how big is that? Because it seems like defenses, they might not respect that shot right away, but they'll have to make that adjustment. That that has to open things up for them, doesn't it? Well, it opens up for our team, uh, especially if teams are trying to go under on his pick and roll, and then for them to have to change and go over the top allows him to now be able to get into the paint, and then he can find shooters or find our bigs rolling to the basket. So it helps a lot when he's able to stop behind screens and make open shots. Yeah, I thought he did a good job at controlling tempo of the game. Uh, some guards, you might have to say, once it get into that up and down, you've got to say, hey, slow down. You know, mm -hmm. we don't need that right now. Mm -hmm. But I just actually seen him kind of pull it out, understanding uh, pace and place of the ball game. Yeah, he was he was really good yesterday and understanding time and score and knowing when we needed to um, pull it out, maybe get into a particular set and really just run time off the clock. I think Eli has been very good with that this year as well. So having two seniors in your backcourt is really helpful in situations like that. You mentioned seniors like Eli, uh, Brandon Johns Jr., Adrian Nunez, Jaron Falls, and obviously Devontae's in there, but but he's been here for a year. Uh, for, for you, someone who came in and, and all four of those other seniors had been here, what do those four mean to you and how did they help in your acclimation process when you came back to the college game and here to Michigan? Well, it's always tough to be around kids and when it's they're playing their last home game. So it's a very emotional time, um, you know, to be able to see them and their families together. You know, you don't know if it's the last time or not. So it's always tough, but, you know, as much as we help them, they help us as well. So we learn from our guys just as much as we teach them. So. You know, they've been really good. They've been great, actually. You know, some in limited roles, but still to be great teammates and still encourage and help the younger guys, I think it's been great for our team. Yeah, Frankie Collins, uh, you have to tell me what the secret is to getting him to slow down because he has slowed down and he's playing a lot better. And you could just see years to come what kind of player he's going to be because he only played at one speed and that was just, you know, full full goal. But right now he's starting to slow down and see the game a little bit. I think being going through a whole year, um, again, understanding you know, what we're looking for and picking his points, you know, obviously he's very good at getting in the paint. It's just having an understanding of what we're looking for and what we're trying to do. And being able to get some experience is always helpful. Great insight from Howard Isley. We'll come back one more segment with the Michigan men's basketball assistant coach. We'll talk a little bit about the road ahead. Matchup with Indiana coming up in the second round of the Big Ten Tournament. Nebraska and Northwestern will face off in the first game on Wednesday. Minnesota and Penn State the nightcap. And then four games started with the Wolverines and the Hoosiers. More with Coach Isley when we come back here on Inside Michigan Basketball from Learfield. We're live at the Pretzel Bell for Inside Michigan Basketball. Here again, Brian Bush and Terry Mills. Indeed, we're here with Howard Isley of Michigan Men's Basketball as the Wolverines get set for the Big Ten Tournament coming up here uh, Thursday. Michigan and Indiana uh, from Gainbridge Fieldhouse in downtown Indianapolis. Uh, Coach, it's March. Uh, 
you played at Boston College collegiately, uh, and your senior year, you and the Eagles went to the Elite Eight, uh, and that was your only NCAA tournament berth. I'm, I'm curious what you remember from that season uh, and when you realized that team was, was a special group. Uh, it was a, a long time coming from us. You know, we was always right there. Um, obviously, our freshman year wasn't what we expected to be. Uh, so to have an opportunity to play in the tournament was really big for us. Um, our team, we have four seniors. So, you know, we wanted to go out with the bang and leave our, our mark um, at the school. So it was a very uh, special experience for us. And, it, and a good omen as Michigan faces Indiana, the team that uh, Howard Isley and the Eagles beat in the Sweet 16, Bob Knight and the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, memories from that game in particular. Did, did, did Coach Knight, you know, throw a chair at you or anything? <laughs> You're making me feel old now. <laughs> um, it was a highly competitive game. You know, Bobby Knight's teams were always competitive and physical, as you guys already know. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were able to come in and really execute our game plan. And, you know, we made some shots down the end that really helped us get the victory. Yeah, uh, we go to Ohio State. E.J. Liddell has a senior night. Uh, I come home, I watch uh, Iowa, Illinois. Kofi Coburn has a senior night. He's a sophomore. <laughs> E.J. Liddell's a junior. I just kind of want, want to know what your take is nowadays. Do you just say – uh, whenever you're going to not return and that's going to be my senior night. And can I read in between the lines and say, we didn't have one for Hunter. Maybe he's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't answer none of them questions. <laughs> uh, Coach Isley's not breaking any news <laughs> on this breaking. show. No, no, no. No, no. None, no none. but really, is it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm curious. I mean, do, does the blood flow a little bit more? In March, I mean, do you do you notice a palpable difference? Maybe not so much in you, but in the players. And, and do you have to do you let that ride, or do you have to try to calm them down a little bit? Uh, it's a thing you gotta you know take it day by day. Um, maybe our guys never been there before. Our freshmen, they don't really understand, and that could be a good thing. You don't want them putting too much pressure on themselves. Obviously, you know our seniors and guys that have been there before know the importance of each game. I think we will really try to get into them tomorrow, you know, where we are in our season, what each game means. So, yeah, I think we'll, we'll have them ready. Yeah, Coach, when you're recruiting, and I'm quite sure you have a lot to say when it comes to guards and point guards, what are you looking for in a guard for, say, maybe we got young listeners and are obviously more going to it than just, hey, this guy, can he can play. He can flat out play. What, what are you looking for in, in a guard? Well, First, we like to look at uh, guys, see if they will be able to fit into our culture. I mean, that's really big for us. And to see if it's a guy that, you know, coach would want to coach. You know, we like guys that have some toughness about them and have a basketball IQ and, and able to play with others. So those are three things that we really look at at the very beginning. How difficult is it to balance the recruiting? Because, I mean, if, if you're a college coach, you are constantly recruiting. But obviously right now, you know, you just finished getting ready for Ohio State, gearing up for, for Indiana, coming up on Thursday. I mean, how difficult is it to balance all that? Uh, it's tough. You know, I'm, I'm still learning. Sure. <laughs> yes, sure. But, um, you know, you have to do both. Um, you know, recruiting could be tough. But right now, this time of year, you really want to pour into your guys and Get them ready for each and every game because, you know, the next one could be your last one. So we're, we're really focused on 
our guys and what we need to do uh, with the job at hand. Yeah, Coach, I thought you was going to give me a little juice as in like uh, you're looking for guys without, without having bad attitudes, can play well with others. I was looking for some of that stuff out of you, man. That's, I'm sure that comes into play. You know, well, uh, yeah, that's you, that's you, part of our culture. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> yeah, so you know, we 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 want kids like that. We don't want ball dominant guys. We don't want guys that blow off their coaches. Like we really pay attention to the interaction with their coaches and and how they interact with their teammates. That's really big and important for us. I think you could see that with this group this season because it's been an up and down season. Uh, some great wins, some some difficult losses, but. It does feel like you have players who fit into that culture. And, I mean, if, if you didn't, I think it'd be noticeable, wouldn't it? I would think so. Um, you know, we have great kids on our roster right now. And, you know, it really is a joy to be able to get in the gym with them every day. Um, we don't have a bad guy in our in our program, and we feel very good about that. Yeah, that's a, that's a special group, man. Um, you know, when you're coming up and you're playing a team against uh, Indiana, do you guys, from a coaching standpoint, if you had Indiana early in the season, do you stay with Indiana or do you just do it collectively right now? Uh, I think we all break down uh, different segments of the game uh, from an offensive and defensive standpoint. But whoever had the scout early in the year will continue to have the same scout. Uh, so that matchup coming up on Thursday, obviously the, the lone meeting in the regular season was one of the best performances from your ball club here this season. Uh, what stands out about Indiana? Obviously, it begins with Trace Jackson Davis, but but they've got a lot of good pieces. What what jumps out when you watch them on film? Watching them now, you know, they're a lot more improved than what they were early this year. Uh, Johnson is playing a lot better at the point guard position. He's being more aggressive, um, able to get in the paint, and he's shooting the ball better. Obviously, Trace Jackson's a, a problem inside. So we're going to have to really come and be ready to play and be physical with them, win the paint but also get to their shooters on the perimeter. Um, so we got to be able to do both and then get into our offense and uh, play an up-tempo that we try to get into. Yeah, I thought our team as of late have, have been really focused in, and you guys as coaches have done a phenomenal job at getting them prepared the second time around. You know, I talked about Ohio State was just beating us to death on pick and rolls up here in Ann Arbor. I thought that's something we adjusted to well going into Columbus and, and took care of business. Um, do you feel like your team is kind of responding the second time around for uh, mistakes they made the first time? I think we've been excellent up until now. Uh, hopefully we'll continue and making adjustments. And again, guys following the game plan. You know, that game was a lot earlier in the season, a Big Ten season. So not really knowing what to expect. You know, again, that's a very tough environment that we went into. And they responded then, but hopefully we can continue and have the same success that we had up there. Well, you will see, no matter who you see this week, you will have seen them before. Uh, I hope you can get a little bit of rest before hopefully a very – I want you to have to work like crazy this weekend. And I know Michigan fans want that as well. It's yeah, a heck too. of a yeah, – it's a heck of a – it's a heck of a, of a sprint. Hopefully four games in four days, starting with Indiana on Thursday. Coach, thanks for carving out so much time, and uh, and good luck at the Big Ten Tournament. Thank you. Appreciate it. And there's Howard Isley of Michigan Men's Basketball. We'll come back, and we'll have Kim Barnes-Arico, head coach of Michigan Women's Hoops, right after this on Inside Michigan Basketball from Learfield. Let's return to Brian and Terry for more of tonight's edition of Inside Michigan Basketball. And we pivot to Michigan Women's Basketball. 
And we say hello to the head coach of Michigan Women's Hoops, Kim Barnes-Rico. Coach, once again, we've got a big table here. Some uh, returners from last week, some newcomers. So uh, another big crowd for you here today. <laughs> yeah, anytime I tell my family free food, you know, they all they all jump on. That works for college freshmen, too. If they, yes. You, know, you want to try to get, like, a new club going? Yeah, just offer free food. Yeah, my boy got to come home today for spring break, so uh, it's nice to to have him in town and uh, my husband got to come this time. My middle one is home not feeling 100% so we left her at home. And uncle from Brooklyn is still in town so it's nice. I'm trying to get him I'm trying to get him to hold on um to maybe get some good news on Sunday to keep him around a little bit longer. I hope so. So welcome to the uh the Kim Barnes Rico group here to our right. Uh so this time of year, I mean there's a little bit of gap now obviously between games but I mean, you know, once things get going, you know your seating. I mean, how much will you talk to them, at, if at all, during that lead-up to the, the, the round of 64? To my family? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough, uh, you know, just trying to focus, just trying to figure out what this week is going to be. Um, and I talked to our team a lot today, too, about just trying to eliminate distractions and really locking into this time of the year. You know, March is, is fun, and this is what we've worked for. This is what we started working for, you know, at the beginning in October. Um, and we've put in so much time and effort to really try to enjoy this moment, so really try to, to focus on this. I think I'm fortunate, you know, my, my family has been so involved um, through the course of my career, and that's always been really important to me, you know, as a mom, to be able to have a family and a family that's at everything, um, but then also to be able to be a coach at, at the highest level. And, you know, you can't do it without support, and I'm surrounded by some great people, and I, I didn't give any love to the other side of the table, but I know you always give Sarah some love, but... Amy Mulligan Amy. is my director of operations for the last 10 years, but she's also the emergency school pickup. And, uh, you know, when they get sick, they call her. So she, she lends a helping hand, but it's, it's all hands on deck for sure. Yeah, Coach, this kind of worked out for you with Trevor coming home. You say you don't cook. Good opportunity for him to come here and uh, get something to eat here. So it all worked out for you. Huh? You planned it that way. <laughs> Terry's, Terry's, Trevor turned around and looked at me like, how does he know? Yeah, <laughs> like, I know all about it. And then you talked about love from the other side of the table. I heard you had a pickup game today. And seriously, you you couldn't hold her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That she did, yes. I can confirm. That's exactly what she said, yes. We we do. Sarah and I match up with each other when we play pickup because we know, Terry, it's like, you know, the gentleman, gentleman yeah. Sunday game is gotcha, like, you gotcha. know, the old lady league. Like, you don't go near me. I don't go. We have like a truce. Like, you stay over there. I'll stay over here. I got you. And every now and again, we try to make each other look good. There you go. There so, you go. so who won? Who won the pickup game? Was there a winner? Three, two. Oh, okay. Nice. See, they pay too much attention to that, Terry. Okay. <laughs> My team won? Yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> See, okay. I didn't even know. I mean, it, there's it, there's probably some competitive stretches, right? Oh, yes. I mean. Yes, it's very, yeah. it's very competitive. The truces only go so far. I'm fortunate. I mean, I have a tremendous staff, and I know some of you guys have, have met the staff, and they've been in before, but – um, they're only not unbelievable coaches, unbelievable people, but they're unbelievable basketball players. And they can actually still I, – I do a little shuffle down the co- – actually, I run, Terry. I'm in pretty good shape, but I don't right. try to mix it up. I don't try to get in there. I just try to get a little cardio. My staff is really, really good. Um, 
Carrie Moore led the nation in scoring as a senior in college and and uh, Coach Val, she played at South Carolina under Dawn Staley. She's a tremendous point guard. And, and Harry, um, you know, had a short stint in the G League. Yeah. So, you know, they, they got a little bit of game. I, I'm only saying that because they're not here. I would yeah, probably I, talk a little I, trash I, if they were here. I, yeah, <laughs> I got you. So, so you come back from the Big Ten tournament and – uh, what did, what did uh, the ladies do? Get a couple of days off of practice, just kind of get away, press the reset button, um, and then what is your practice schedule like, kind of going forward? Because do you just work on things that you guys are not doing well because you don't have an opponent, you don't know who your next opponent is? Yeah, the tail end of the season was pretty tough for us. Our schedule was really um, a bear down the stretch, and we talked a lot about you know, not having Leah healthy, and, and that was really tough. Um, Leah played a lot in our Big Ten tournament game. It was kind of the first time we had her back. She played a little bit in Iowa, but not much. Um, so this past game was the first time that we had her back, and um, it was awesome to have her in the floor on the floor. And, you know, that was a battle back and forth. We had a really tough start. Um, then we were able to play well after that, but we kind of dug ourselves a little bit of a hole. I think our senior class um, was really devastated after that because they, they feel like it's coming to an end for sure. Um, so just, you know, kind of had a talk with them yesterday, went to lunch with a couple of them and, and trying to make sure that, you know, they're in, they're in good spirits. They're not putting too much pressure on themselves. They're trying to continue to enjoy the moment and play loose and play free. Um, so we did have a couple of days off and then uh, today back at it. But it gives us an opportunity to work on us and the things that we are not great at right now and, and really um, end of game situations as well. We've been – the games that we've lost, I mean, Sarah probably knows the number, but it's probably like five games by ten points or something like that. It's really super close. So – um, just being in those situations and having those experiences and continuing to practice them every day um, to get us ready for the tournament. And, of course, last year, I mean, the NCAA tournament run was so special, and, and I think it probably makes people forget that it was a one-and-done scenario in the Big Ten tournament last year as well for your team. Is there something that you can recall and that you remember from that you know, prep between Big Ten tournament and NCAA tournament that you can channel here? Is there something you can glean from that? Because obviously what happened last year ended up working. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, when we get back, you know, we we talk about it and we um, decompress and, you know, talk about how we can get better. And it gives us an opportunity. We're different than the men. We have this week. Um, I'm not sure that we ha it was the same last year because of COVID, but traditionally we have this week in between. And I think it really allows us an opportunity to get back to practice and get back to grinding and get back to really being able to work on um, us. And even one of my assistants said today, wow, that was the first time like we had a practice in so long where it wasn't a game prep. Like every practice is a game prep. And I, I think about our men that played all those makeup games and it was like, you know, a, a game a day, another game a day. Holy cow. Like, how do you even practice? You're just preparing for the opponent. And um, sometimes you kind of lose your edge that way. And uh, especially when you have younger kids at different spots. And I think, you know, even though we have older kids, um, as Emily Kaiser or Danielle Rouse, they've really never been in these situations throughout their career with the, with the season um, like they have this year. So I think these are good situations for them to be in moving forward. Yeah, and how important is this stretch for a player like Leah Brown, who hasn't had a whole lot of practice time, pretty much was 
thrown right in the fire because that's the way she that's the way it went because yeah. you weren't going to basically keep her off the floor but how important is it for her to kind of get herself back I think that's a that's a great question as much as she was back and as much as she played she wasn't um in her top form and it, it's funny because I watched Indiana and they made it to the championship game yesterday and they had a they have a player Mackenzie Holmes who was out for over a month um, kind of the same length maybe as Leah, but her first three or four games back, she looked awful. And now she's back five or six games and she's starting to come into her own. So it takes a second. Um, and it also takes a second to gel with your teammates who you haven't been on the floor with in a month. Um, your conditioning is obviously affected. Um, you want to do things that you're just, you know, you haven't had your hand on the ball. You ha- you know, it just takes a little bit of time. So I think this, these next 10 days, potentially before we play, again are really important for Leah and you know for Leah to get out there and have an opportunity with her teammates I think is going to be critical to our success moving forward. Always great catching up with Kim Barnes Rico of Michigan women's basketball we'll take a break and talk a little bit more with her here from the Pretzel Bell in downtown Ann Arbor. This is Inside Michigan Basketball from Learfield. For the latest on Michigan basketball you've come to the right place. We're live on Inside Michigan Basketball. Brian Bush, Terry Mills, and Michigan women's basketball head coach Kim Barnzarico here in downtown Ann Arbor at the Pretzel Bell. Happy March to all those out there. It's always a fun time. I'm, coach, you mentioned the, this week. Have you kind of mapped out what it'll look like for the players? I, I assume it's not practice every single day. How have you kind of gotten things ready from, from now until you find out who you'll play in round one on Sunday? Yeah, I think that's important. I, they need their rest just as much as they need to practice at this time of the year, and we need to make sure that we're staying healthy. And, you know, obviously Leah's got to be healthy, but the rest of the team as well. You know, at this time everybody's got some kind of, uh, you know, banged up somewhere, so it's important to get a, their rest. So we're kind of going two days on, a day off, two days on, a day off, take some time over the weekend where they're not in class and they really have a chance to um, relax, recover, be a normal college kid and, and uh, get their homework done and, and you know, maybe watch some games. And it also gives us a chance as a staff. I know I know you talked to um, Howard about that, but going recruiting as well and, and uh, you know, touching base with some of our recruits. Yeah, when you come up to, a, you know, the NCAA tournament with your assistants and yourself, is it kind of all hands on deck or do you have an assistant right now like maybe Harry? Harry, you got the – whoever it is, Harry, that's who you got. <laughs> Um, it's, it's a good question. And I know you, you asked um, him that as well. Like it's each person will have, because potentially you can play a game in two days. So, you know, each person will have a scout, but for that weekend, we only have two. So it is kind of all hands on deck. So you're going to have one, which will be specific specifically you but everybody will be you know taking a certain piece of that okay offensively what are they doing defensively what are they doing and we try to get ahead of it as much as possible you know you you read the stuff that's on ESPN or or the stuff that different people are saying who potentially you could play so we try to get all that film ready to go um, that all of all the 64 teams that could potentially be in the tournament so we can start prepping and right after that that comes out we start getting to work yeah, that night not, not 
now you tell me when has that ever worked out for you, <laughs> that, that you've had all of this stuff ready. You predicted it right. You predicted it right. <laughs> no, never okay. any prediction. Okay. And, and the TV people don't really predict it right for us either, so that's why I don't trust any of that either. Well, I mean, it is tough to figure out matchups. I think, that, you know, some of the prognosticators are at least in the ballpark, and right now ESPN says that Michigan would be a three seed, but I know you're not going to take that for anything for what it's worth right now. I, I am curious. We hear all the time before a season starts that, you know, you craft a non-conference schedule to prep for the tournament. And then the Big Ten, obviously very competitive. It preps you for the tournament, for the postseason. How do you think this year's schedule, now that you've gone through it in the regular season, how well do you think it helped prepare you for now to get ready for the dance? Yeah, I, th- I think our schedule was incredible, actually. I was really nervous about it before the season started. <laughs> um, I think I was yelling at my staff for making the schedule that we had, and they were all going to be in trouble because how the heck did we have this type of schedule? <laughs> um, and uh, I think we tested ourselves Um, against some of the best talent in the country. And, you know, we went to a tournament in Florida early and we played two power five opponents and were able to come away with um, two wins. And, you know, then we went to Mohegan Sun and and played Baylor, who, you know, we lost to in the Sweet 16 last year and won national championship after national championship and were able to come away with a win. Um, And then, you know, you talk about our our league and, and the competition that we face night in and night out. And, you know, we beat everyone at the top of our league at least once, and a lot of them twice. You know, beating Maryland twice, beating Ohio State twice, beating Indiana once, and beating Iowa once. Um, I think that, you know, we really tested ourselves against the best, and that's why we feel, you know, if we can get healthy, if we if we can get the mojo back, we can compete against anyone in the country, and I think we all truly believe that. Yeah, Coach, uh, you've had a lot of success here, and a lot of players successful, and kind of lose track of them once they leave here. And I know you keep in contact with them. I've got a list of players here. If you could just kind of tell me what they're doing and how they're doing. Oh, geez. I'm going to start with Jillian Dunstan. <laughs> Jillian Dunstan. She is awesome. Um, she is doing exceptionally well. She's an assistant coach at Drexel University in Philly. Um, I think they won their conference, so they are going dancing. Um, she keeps in contact all the time, texts all the time. Her dad was always in Ann Arbor and uh, AAU coach and just a tremendous family. She's doing exceptionally well. Well, I'll make a prediction. That's who you're going to play. But I was no, just no, looking no, up no, to no, see what's going on. Wow, wow, wow. Caitlin Flaherty. <laughs> Caitlin Flaherty is uh, another player that's doing really well. Her mother actually just sent our team for um, Valentine's Day a whole um, uh, two boxes of um, caramel apples. With she sends every holiday, her mom still sends gifts to our team. She's working for a company out of New York City um, in the business field and is kind of moving up the ladder. Um, doing really, really well and uh, really using that Michigan degree to take her places. Okay, Kayla Robbins. Kayla Robbins. Oh, you're bringing up some really nice ones. I just got a second. Those listening on the radio, I wish you could see Coach's smile. (laughs) It's great. Um, Kayla shot me a text the other day, too. Um, It's funny you mentioned I I talk to all these guys all the time. She's coaching as well. She's back in the DMV, and she's a first-year assistant at Johns Hopkins. AK. AK. <laughs> um, AK is playing professionally. So she is overseas right now in Spain. 
Sweden. Oh, she's in Sweden. Oh, Cece's clapping. Um, she's in Sweden. She came home over Christmas break and was at our game. Um, so every opportunity she comes, when she gets home, she comes right up to campus. She's killing it, um, doing exceptionally well, kind of following her career via social media and every time we get a chance to talk to her, but doing really well. Bird Gary. Bird Saisha. Um <laughs> Well, Cece's cheering for that one, too. Um, when, when I first arrived here uh, 10 years ago, um, Bird was on our team, and Cece was three or four at the time, and uh, Bird used to carry her around. If she saw Cece today, who is almost the size of Bird, she wouldn't even believe it. Um, she's playing professionally also, doing exceptionally, exceptionally well. Um, she played on the three-on-three um, FIBA internationals for a chance to go to the Olympics this past summer. Um, her game has just exploded, and her career has been unbelievable. And uh, she's still in Hungary. Uh, yeah, so she has been in Hungary, which now that you got me thinking about all these guys, I should probably check on them overseas with all this unrest. Yeah, last but not least, Sierra Thompson. See, oh, look. my my uncle is smiling because he knows he knows all these guys too. Um, C was one of my first recruits uh, when I was hired here, and she became a four-year starter. I kind of use her as an example. Um, it was b- before ten years ago, before load management. Um, <laughs> she never missed a practice ever in four years, wow. ever. She and those catapult numbers they used to, you know, they monitor them now. Oh, their load is too much. I'm like, see, Sierra never missed a minute of any practice. Her load must have been off the charts, and she never missed a game in her career. She's back in Cali. Um, she's doing a lot of stuff in her community with the youth, um, and she's just really involved in basketball. And she's she's doing a great job for sure. Uh, so Drexel is currently projected to play a Big Ten team, but not Michigan. A 13 seed against Maryland. But, hey, you never Subject know. To Weird things you can never, happen. You never know. Uh, Coach, we appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for coming out. Uh, thanks for bringing a party as well. Uh, and we look forward to hearing. Uh, real quick before I let you go, do, do, you, do you all have a plan for Selection Sunday yet? No, we're, that's in the works. I'm trying to, you know, a- Amy kind of asked for the day off today, so she's been, you know, taking it a little easy. Um, I'm trying to leave it in her hands okay. to uh, help decide what what that plan is going to be. Uh, the old email with the out of office on. Yep, it still <laughs> finds your way to it. Uh, Coach, congratulations on a great season to this point. We can't wait to talk next week about who you'll actually play. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank There's you. Kim barnes We'll come back. we got some giveaways here at Pretzel Bell to do. We'll do that next as you listen to Wolverines basketball from Learfield. Back here at Pretzel Bell, we've got about a minute and a half left, so it's trivia time. We've got some team-issued swag to give away. We'll have a little bit more coming up next Monday as well. So I'm going to uh, take hands to make sure I know who actually raised hands first. My first question is on the men's side, and that is what is the worst seed, the highest number seed, to ever win the men's basketball Big Ten tournament? Nope, not nine. Nope, not seven or 11. Not 12. I need hands raised. Eight, and you know who it was? Michigan, yes, yes, the uh, the plane crash here. 
Uh, the last one, uh, we'll see if people were listening. A Ken Ray Johnson, what country is she playing in? Sweden. So we got our two winners. Come see me up front here momentarily. Terry Mills, you ready for Indianapolis, my friend? Oh, you didn't have the headset on. I'm sorry. Well, look at that. You ready for Indianapolis, my friend? I'm ready to go, man. Let's let's hit that road trip, man. Something tells me you've got Michigan winning it all in your bracket, right? I got Michigan right? winning it all, Who are they man. playing in the championship? I don't know. It doesn't make a difference. <laughs> but I, I, I tell you what, I, I'm packing. And I always yep. say this. I, I pack for Sunday, and I always look for guys' outfits to tell yep. whether you had confidence or not. If you wear a suit. For that whole week, then you weren't confident we were going to be there all week. No, so. you're right. For Terry Mills, Tony Butler, Kim Barnes-Rico, and Howard Isley, I'm Brian Bush. Thanks so much for listening, and go blue. Thanks for listening to tonight's edition of Inside Michigan Basketball, live from the Pretzel Bell. Whatever the occasion, Pretzel Bell is Ann Arbor's hometown favorite. Pretzel Bell on Main Street in Ann Arbor. If you missed any of tonight's show, subscribe to Go Blue Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Michigan Sports Network.